because he said it. Amen. No matter what we're going through, God is going to be there with us. And he's going to lead us and guide us. Amen. And bring us through whatever situation that we have. Amen. Amen. It's so great to be able to come here together to worship him. Doesn't he deserve it? Isn't he deserve it? He is worthy of our praise. We give him praise today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen. Where would we be without him? We surely wouldn't be here, would we? Amen. But thanks be to God for his grace and mercy. Amen. It's so good to see everyone here to worship together. Aren't you glad to be here? Amen. It was forecast to be a lot rainier today, but hey, God had different plans. Amen. We're going to be here no matter what. Amen. And we're here to worship God in spirit and in truth. You know, the world will, may look at us and think we're a little crazy, but I think people are a lot crazier worshiping a, a football team than they are, than, than people can be for God. And so if they can be that crazy, we can be crazy for God, can't we? After all that God has done for me, after where he's brought me out of, brought me through, amen, he deserves praise and glory and all that I can give him. Amen. And I'm not going to let anything hold me back from that. Amen. 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 As the rushers come, amen, we want to uh, remember uh, our announcements. Um, ladies, ladies meeting at the end of the month. Be sure to write that down and remember that. Amen. We're, we're so grateful for all those who came out to uh, family prayer downtown yesterday. Amen. Praying for our city. We're believing for great things. Amen. Amen. we got to find together and believe and pray for it. Amen. And, and so, um, uh, starting in one month, one month from now, we're going to start transition back and bring our Sunday school service back uh, to here because it's been long enough. Amen. Amen. We want to get back and get connected. Amen. And, and draw closer to one another. Amen. And so we're going to begin that service at 930. Um, and then we'll have uh, our pre-service prayer after that. And then we have our normal 11 o'clock worship service. And so uh, 8 o'clock, you want to come early and pray. Amen. And help set the atmosphere. Amen. As many people do uh, before uh, the services begin. I believe that God is uh, doing great things and continue to do great things through us and in us. Amen. Amen. So remember that September 12th will begin transitioning back to two services. Amen. So we can uh, be stronger together. Amen. Amen. And so we want to, as we pray for this offering, we want to continue to pray for those that are in need, those that are sick, battling COVID or, or whatever they may have or are going through. Amen. We know that God is a healer, right? Amen. And so we want to pray for those that are traveling. Amen. And, and those that are need answers and direction, God can meet every need. Amen. Let's do that together. Let's, let's go together in prayer. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Lord, we ask you, Jesus, Lord, to touch each and every need. Lord, those that are spoken and those unspoken, Lord, you know of the situations. We plead the blood of Jesus over every mind, every heart, every body, Lord, that your will will be done. We pray for this offering that you bless the gift and the giver today. In Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen, amen. Let's come and give unto the Lord today as he's blessed us. from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. 
And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Amen. A uh, familiar event that happened in the beginning of time. Amen. And so uh, I want to preach to you today from this title, Hearing Hope. Hearing Hope. Amen. Turn to a few people around you, wave at them, greet them in the name of the Lord Jesus. You may be seated. Man, there are there are two kinds of people in the world. Those that hear nothing in their sleep, and those that hear a pin drop on the other side of the house. Amen. But as as we age, our hearing ability lessens, and uh, as the science says, there are tiny hairs that are inside our ears that register the movements of the waves the sound waves, and just losing some of those tiny hairs have an impact on whether or not we can hear certain sounds, certain frequencies. And what can accelerate hearing loss is if uh, you're around a lot of loud noises, uh, machinery or tools or uh, loud uh, conditions and environments, they can accelerate your hearing loss and, and slowly whittle away your sensitivity uh, just because of what we are surrounded by. And hearing noises usually triggers a response from us. We hear a sound and we respond to what we hear. We can jump and be startled uh, because it's an unexpected sound at an unexpected time. Uh, or the sudden cry of a baby will cause a parent to rush to it. Uh, because they have learned the different degrees of the cries, and they mean all different things. The honking of a car horn will get you to put down your phone and to look up and start driving because the light has been green for some time. But people are, are noticing that, uh, that something is causing a disconnect between hearing and responding in those uh, married men, uh, they, they are they're not sure what it is, not sure what it is or what causes it, but it seems to present itself in every marriage. I must confess that I too have succumbed to this mysterious condition at times. Uh, so we uh, men are helpless victims. Pray for us. Something is after our hearing, and uh, we can't really hear everything all the time. And so hearing is such a powerful sense, and it is even more fascinating when you look into the science of it all. Uh, the words that you are hearing now, and uh, you understand what I am saying from the sound waves that are coming out of my mouth, uh, that process is a complex sequence of events. It just happens in split seconds. Uh, but a lot of things that are happening right now for you to hear and understand the words that I am saying. Our, our brains are even able to compare uh, the sound waves that enter into each ear. And it deciphers the difference between these sound waves of the same sound waves, but the milliseconds that it takes to go in here as opposed to over here, it can tell us which direction the sound is actually coming from. If you hear it in this side, a point one seconds before it comes on this side, you know it's over somewhere over here. And again, this happens milliseconds, and we don't even realize what's going on. Uh, but the science is at work, and we just turn our head in the direction uh, because our brain told us it's over there. The sound of an approaching vehicle or an airplane or a helicopter as it's coming towards you is different as the sound as it passes by you. Anyone ever notice that effect? Uh, it's different because the, the sound waves are now coming from a different angle. 
uh, as as it's approaching, the sound waves are being compressed as they're bouncing off your head and ears. But as it passes by, they're not compressed anymore because it's in the opposite direction. And so there's a difference in uh, the sounds, even from the same machinery or same vehicle. It, it sounds so different, but the brain is able to discern this and it tells uh, ourselves that it is uh, approaching or it is at a distance away. One of the furthest recorded sounds happened in 1883 when a volcano erupted in Indonesia and people on an island heard that eruption and they were 3,000 miles away. They heard that eruption. And yet, there were husbands on that island that had that medical condition and were not able to hear their wives across the hut. But they heard a volcano 3,000 miles away. It's a medical mystery, I tell you. So pray for the married men because they don't know what's going on. Uh, and so, uh, while we humans are dealing with hearing loss and its consequences, Aren't you thankful uh, that our God does not suffer those same kind of conditions? Aren't you thankful he doesn't hear suffer from hearing loss? That there are not days or times that he is unable to hear us. What a tragedy that would be to have to wonder. I wonder if God heard my cry. I wonder if he heard my prayer. I hope my voice made it all the way through to the throne room of God. But I'm here to tell you today that all those things, of all the things to have to worry about in life, wondering if God hears me when I call is not one of them because he does hear our cry. He does hear our prayers. He does know where we're at, and he knows the words that we say. Why? Because the Bible declares in Psalms 34, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. And the face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all of their troubles. He doesn't just have his ears open for us, but the Bible says he's also got his eyes looked on us. His eyes are always watching over us. If his eye is on the sparrow, then his eyes are on you and me. And we don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. Amen. Because we know that God is listening to every cry. He's listening to our voice, whether or you cry out to him or you can just whisper at the name of Jesus. God is going to hear you and God is going to act. Why? Because his ears are open towards us. And so when God's people cry out, God hears them and he responds. Second Chronicles says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'm going to respond and I'm going to hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. And so all we got to do, we got to humble ourselves and begin to pray and to seek the face of God and turn from our ways and turn to Jesus Christ. God is going to hear you and God's going to hear you and then he's going to move and he's going to respond. Amen. Because that's who our God is. And if he hasn't responded. If you haven't seen him move in your life, then we need to keep on praying. We need to keep on praising him and keep on seeking him because he does hear us, but he's going to respond when things are lined up according to his will. Amen. And, and we don't want to rush things, do we? As much as we pray for God to answer immediately, God knows what is best. And many times God says, it's not right now. I hear you, but I'm not going to answer it just right now. Why? Because I have a plan for you. I've got a process, and, and I've got something that you need to go through. And so there is coming a day where you will hear from heaven and, and you will see that God's mighty hand move in your situation. It could be today. 
It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. That's why we're not going to stop praying. That's why we're not going to stop praising God and seeking him and calling out to him because we don't know when God's actually going to respond. And so now's not the time to give up. It's not the time to allow fear and unbelief or, or heaviness to come into our life. It's time that we get focused on God and listening to his voice. Man, because we know the Bible says that he hears us. And he hears our cries and that his eyes are on me and his, eye, his ears are open to my cry. And so what is there to worry about if we know and we are told that God hears us? Man, all of our anxiety should melt away just knowing that God hears my cry when I call. And I think we've established the fact that, that God hears our cry, he, he hears our voices, and he knows our voice. Uh, so let's turn the, the tables around a little bit, and uh, we know what God does, but let's ask ourselves, do we hear God? Do we hear his voice? And is our eyes on him? We want his eyes on us, but do we focus our eyes on him? And, and do we turn and open our ears unto him to hear his voice? You see, we want God hearing us all the time. We want him listening to every whisper, every little cry, every little voice. But are we listening to his voice? See, the Bible is filled with stories of, of men and women uh, and their encounters with God Almighty. And in the Old Testament, there are only a few written encounters uh, that people actually saw uh, God manifested in some kind of visible form. Uh, Abraham appears to be talking to God uh, as God is in the form of a man that shows up in front of his tent. And the Bible says there's three men appeared before Abraham. And he prepared them some food. And uh, you read, continue reading the story. And the Bible says that two of them started walking off towards Sodom and, and Gomorrah. And uh, the Bible says that one was there, stayed there. And, and God and Abraham talked with the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Uh, and so Abraham stood before the Lord and interceded on behalf of Lot and Sodom. And, and in the next chapter, we're told that two angels showed up at Sodom and Gomorrah. Meanwhile, the previous chapter, they were there eaten with Abraham. Uh, and so there's these encounters, few encounters, uh, where, where man has actually seen God in some kind of human form. Uh, we're, we're told that Moses talked with God face to face as a man talks to his friends. That's what the Bible says. And we're not exactly sure what that means, uh, but there's got to be, uh, you got to know where his face is if, if, if you're going to talk to him face to face. But even with that kind of encounter that Moses had with the Lord, uh, Moses still had not really seen all of God or all who he was. Uh, because we are told this uh, in Exodus 33 and 20, and, and, he, and God said, Thou cannot see my face. For there shall uh, no man see me and live. And so, uh, but previously we're told that Moses talked with God face to face. And so, whatever the encounter that Moses had with God, he saw something of God and some kind of visible aspect. But even God goes on here to say, you cannot see my face because no man can see it and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass, and I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Can you, uh, can you imagine uh, what Moses must have seen in his walk with God. And, and, and not to just have seen all of these things, but here in this moment, in this event that he had with God, to uh, literally being picked up by the hand of God and placed in the side of a mountain and, and then covered up by God's very hand as God walks by Moses and then to 
catch a glimpse of the glory of God, of the train of God that, that fills the temple, uh, uh, the Bible says that God lifted up his hand away from him as he passed by. And so Moses got to see the, the back part of the train of the glory of God. And, and uh, Imagine a sight to see, but yet he still had not seen God face to face. What an incredible uh, account. And uh, again, uh, these kind of instances are, are few and far between in the, in the Bible where where mankind actually got to see some kind of visible manifestation of God. We know that Abraham and Moses not only heard the voice of God, but also were able to see something with their eyes. But apart from these two men of God, it would seem that most people, most people in the Bible didn't see anything with their eyes. At least that's what we're, we're told or infer from, from, their, uh, from their stories. Uh, they didn't really see anything with their eyes, but they, all of them heard the voice of God. Every one of them heard the voice of God. Not everybody saw something. Uh, and so uh, apart from these two men, it would seem most people or all people hear the voice of God, but not everybody sees something. Things kind of changed a little bit um, in the New Testament because Jesus showed up. And uh, uh, then people could actually see a, a manifestation of God because the Bible says God is a spirit. So uh, humans, we can't see the spirits unless, uh, you know, they make themselves known to some degree. But uh, uh, God actually robed himself in flesh. He made himself a human body. And so now all of mankind could actually see God uh, with their eyes, and they could walk with him and talk with him. Kind of like Abraham and Moses did to some degree from what we can maybe, maybe piece together. Um, we see in John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And, and henceforth, that means from here on after, here on after you know him and you have seen him. And Philip saith unto, unto him, Lord, show us, show us the Father. We want to see God. And it suffices us. We'll be, we'll be all good. Show us, show us God. Uh, and in verse 9, Jesus said unto them, Have I been so long time with you, and, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, and how sayest thou, show us the Father? And so uh, Jesus is God manifested in the flesh, in a, in a body form, walking and talking and eating with these people. And it's really, it's, it's God himself. It's nobody else. Uh, and so he says, Philip, how long have I been with you that you don't realize who I am? I am God, and you've seen me, then you've seen, you've seen the Father. And so Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. When we looked at, when they looked at Jesus, they were looking into the eyes of God. When, when they heard Jesus speak, they heard the voice of God. Because the Bible tells us in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 10 it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world didn't know Him, knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. In verse 14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so here is an example of a moment in time where God actually says, I'm going to make myself visible uh, to humankind, and, and I have to do it through a human body. And so obviously they don't, they're not seeing the spirit of God. They're just seeing the body uh, of that he used while he was here. Uh, there is only one God, and he came to this world as the man Jesus Christ, and the name Jesus is the name that he chose. 
He's the one who told Mary what you're going to call your baby. I'm gonna, you're going to call him Jesus because why? I'm God and I get to choose my name. I know you humans usually get to pick your name for your kids, but hey, since I'm God and I'm coming to the world, hey, you're going to call me Jesus Christ. And so that is why we baptize in the name of Jesus. That is why the name of Jesus is so powerful. That is why there is no other name than given among men whereby we must be saved the name of Jesus because that's what God says you should call me. And so that is why the apostles baptized in the name of Jesus and that is why we baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, I would encourage you to do so because that's the way the Bible says to do it. Being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that's not a name. That, that's a, not a first and middle and last name. That's, those aren't names at all. Father is not a name. Father is a title. Uh, son is a title. Holy Ghost is a title. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. But what is my name? My name is Phil. And so Jesus is the name of the Father, and Jesus is the name of the Son, and Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. That's why we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, because that is a name that is above every name. No matter what is out there, the name of Jesus is greater because God says, that's what I want you to call me. And so I'm thankful for that name. And so there is only one God and all that he has been trying to do for thousands and thousands of years is just to reconnect with his creation. They were connected in the beginning, him and Adam and Eve. They were, they were connected. Nothing separated them. But, but since the fall, sin became that barrier between God and his creation. And all God's trying to do for these thousands of years is just to reconnect with his creation. His creation became separated from him. Once sin entered the picture, it divided mankind from the mighty God. And so he's doing everything he can to reach out to mankind and to get him from, to turn from his ways and to turn back to God and reconnect and reestablish this relationship between God and his creation. Because of all the things that God made in Genesis 1, he said mankind was very good. Everything else is good, but man was very good. And so it is his most prized creation, and he wants to connect with his creation. Although God has the power and the ability to just visit every single human being and just go poof and make himself known and visible and cause a lot of heart attacks and, 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 and cause a lot of people to die just uh, showing up uh, unexpectedly in people's lives, uh, he, he can make himself known to every person. He can make himself visible to every eye, and that way every eye would see this manifestation of God. But as many people may desire to have that encounter, uh, that, that kind of encounter doesn't always have a lasting impact that it might, we might think it ha would have. God, if you just showed yourself to every person, then they would all turn from their ways, and they would all live for you, and uh, they would all uh, live a, a righteous life if you showed yourself to them. Well, uh, didn't God kind of already do that when he came to the earth? And he performed miracles and, and healed people, opened blinded eyes and, and, and healed the sick and, and cast out devils and he preached. And didn't God already kind of do that here? Here is God wrapped in a human body so that you can see him. Well, how did that work out? His own people rejected him. His own people killed him, and they basically said, leave us alone and let us live our own lives. Well, I, I'm sure God does uh, manifest himself to people uh, even today. Um, how much faith does it take on our part to have God just pop up in your life? It takes no faith because it's nothing that we've done. God just makes himself appear takes no faith on our part, but uh, we haven't done anything, 
and God just kind of interrupts ourselves and reveals himself, that doesn't take any work on our part. We don't even know it's going on until it, it happens. Uh, but Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, and so faith is needed for things that you cannot see. If you see it, you don't need faith. Because it's right there. You don't need faith to tell me that the, the walls are a cream color. You don't need faith to say, I, I, I trust you, Pastor. I don't, you know, all you got to do is look over and say, well, it does look like a cream color. So you don't need faith for that because we can see it with our eyes. Now, if we did, if we, if we were blind and I said the, the, the walls of the church are almond cream color, you'd have to believe it by faith, wouldn't you? Because you can't see. And so if you can see it, you don't, you don't, need, you don't need faith to exercise it then, uh, because there's the proof. It, it becomes the evidence. Uh, and so how is that really help your walk with God when you're not using any faith? Verse 6 of Hebrews 11, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so not being able to actually see God requires faith, doesn't it? Not being able to see him requires us to live by faith and to walk by faith. God, I haven't seen you, but I, I'm living and I'm believing that you are real. Uh, in, in fact, we become a stronger believer if we don't see him. Because it requires me to stretch beyond my senses and requires me to reach beyond this natural world and to exercise my faith and to say, I know that I have not seen God, but I know he's real. I know that he is out there. I know that he hears my cry. I know that he's going to make a way even though I cannot see a way in front of me. That is the faith that we use to exercise. Uh, that is the faith that is longing for God in our hearts. That keeps us seeking after him. That keeps us praying and that keeps us following after God. And the best way to do that is for God to not make himself visible to our eyes. Because then we keep, God, I haven't seen you, but I'm going to strive. I know you're there. But that doesn't mean he leaves us high and dry and leaves us uh, completely helpless. He may not reveal himself to us uh, in a physical uh, manifestation, but he does call to us. He does speak to us. He does uh, uh, cry out to us in a still, small voice. I, I, I can't see you, God, but I can hear your voice. I, I, can, hear your, I can hear you, Lord. I, that helps my faith. That helps me strengthen my faith in you because even though I can't see you, I can't hear you speaking to me, and I know that you are real. Like most believers, I haven't seen a... Uh, uh, a manifestation of God. I, I haven't heard an audible voice of God. Uh, and maybe you have. Maybe you've had encounters. That's, that's great for you. But uh, uh, because I haven't seen him doesn't say, oh, I'm not coming to church. I haven't seen God. Or I, uh, I haven't heard an audible voice from God, so he must not be real. So I, I'm, I'm not coming, and I'm not going to bind with all that stuff. No, uh, I still walk by faith. I still live by faith. Even though I haven't seen him, I know that he is out there. I know that he is real. And if I push aside all the distractions in my life and begin to focus on him and seek him out, then I can hear his still, small voice speaking to my soul. And what happens then is my faith reconnects me with God and all is well with my soul. You wanna, if you want to hear some hope in your life, you just you listen for the voice of God. That will bring you some hope. That will give you some, some strength and, and encourage you to get through whatever situation you're in. Yeah, oftentimes we, we want some physical big uh, 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 event to happen or a, a, a majestic sign or, or some kind of thing that we can see with our eyes. But what if God is just trying to get your attention just by speaking to you? He's just trying to give you a word of hope, a word of encouragement. 
but we're looking, we're, we're looking for it with our eyes, but we're not tuning in to our ears. Maybe God is speaking to us that way. And so for that, for that moment in time, when, when we can uh, uh, identify and, and listen to uh, the voice of God, where we're, we're transported back into the garden of God, where, where God comes down and, and he uh, comes down to meet with, with God and his creation, and they, they, they're together, they walk together hand in hand, or, or however they, him and Adam did it, but the, the thing was that they came together. God came down in the cool of the day, and Adam was there to meet him. That's what happens when we when we silence the things of this world, when we turn off the entertainment and say, I, I need to hear from God. That's what happens when we hear his voice. We're reconnected with God in this moment in time where we are united with our creator and our father, and things are all our things are well in our soul. See, when God came down in the cool of the day and visited Adam, we, we maybe we imagine that Adam saw God face to face, or, or maybe God appeared to Adam as a man and, and talked with him as just another uh, human. But uh, we don't know that to be certain. The Bible is unclear on, on uh, their encounters. Uh, it does just describe one encounter that Adam had with God. And uh, the scripture says in Genesis 3 and 8, and they, that's Adam and Eve, heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Does it say that Adam and Eve saw God walking? Does it say they saw him walking in the garden? Me, a lot of times I think that's what we, we interpret it as. They saw God walking, and then they ran, ran and hid. But it doesn't say that. It says they heard the voice of God walking in the garden. How can you tell if a voice is walking? Is if you if you can't see anything and you just you're just hearing, he hears the voice, Adam. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? We we normally meet by now. You're not at our, our normal meeting space. Where are you, Adam? You can tell that a voice is walking. Even though you're not seeing anything, you can hear and you can, by our brains, we can understand that there's a voice that is walking around. I, I don't see it, but I hear the voice coming from different directions. Uh, and so the Bible says that Adam heard, Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day in the garden. And so for the vast majority of us, that is how God communicates with us. That's how he reconnects with us. That God is just a walking voice. He's just a walking voice walking to and fro from this world. And he's he's calling out to people. And he's He's calling them by name, and he's he's speaking into their lives. But but do they hear them? Are are they just so consumed? They're saying, I, "I'm looking for you, God. I'm I'm trying to see where you're at. I'm trying to look for you." But all but all that God is is just a walking voice. I'm over here today. Come sit by me over here. Or what about come follow me this direction? I know you can't see me. But can you hear me? If you if you tune into your ears, you'll be able to hear where I'm at because now I'm over here. Come come over here and be with me today. We're going to talk and we're going to hang out here. Uh, and so uh, many times we, we want to see something visible from God, but, but all God is is just a voice that is walking around to and fro. And how, how tuned in are we to hear the voice of God? And, and maybe we're missing him. Maybe maybe God's hanging out in the other room and we think he's, he's here in our normal spot. Well, we need to tune in to our, our ears and say, God, where are you? Where is your voice today? Where are you walking at? Because I, I can't see you and I've never seen you. But I, if I tune in my ears, if I tune in to the voice of God, I'll be able to tell where you are and what direction it you are. And then I can come running to you and I can come find you. Why? Because I hear your voice walking around me. 
So he is a voice that is walking to and fro in the earth, speaking to the hearts and the, the souls of his creation. And, and those that are listening and those that are waiting, those that are seeking him will hear his voice and say, I, I hear you, Lord. I'm coming to you. I, you're over here today. I can respond to you. I'm going to call back to you. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to pray to you because I've heard your voice and I, I know where you're going. And that is the beauty of prayer. That is the almighty God and his earthly soul getting to connect once again only when we tune our ears to the voice of God that is walking in our lives. But how many times do we just kind of walk right by him? How many times are we so focused on something else? We got tunnel vision. We, we where our minds are focused on this, and and we don't hear the voice of God just right right here. Maybe we walk right by Him, and and He's just there whispering, still small voice. Hey, come over here for a minute. Come pray with this person over here. I I, I feel convicted at times when. Uh, I go to a grocery store or go to a store and I, there's an item on my list or a few items that my, my wife gave me to get. Uh, and so I, I'm so focused that, hey, I'm coming in here, this is what I get and I'm going. And, and how, how, how many times do I run in and out of the store and not pay attention to anybody else in the store? Maybe the voice of, of, of the Lord is there walking with me in the store and, and he wants me to, to, to speak to somebody. But I, I'm so focused on my own cares and my own wants and my own needs that we can easily walk by somebody when God's trying to speak to us and get our attention and say, hey, this person uh, is kind of a little bit more important than your, than your cookies you're trying to get. If you could just reach out to this person and minister to them and let them give them a message for me. Why? Because you're, a, you're an apostolic believer. You're a Holy Ghost-filled believer. You can speak to this person on behalf of me. But if we're, our ears are not tuned in to the walking voice of God, we can easily miss out and say, uh, uh, receive please and go. So all God really is to, to most of us, and again, there may be a few encounters that people have and seeing a visible, uh, visible manifestation of God, and that's great, but for the vast majority, from what I can tell, is that God is just a voice, a walking voice. Walking around this earth, seeing who's going to tune into him. And if you tune into the voice and begin to follow the voice and, and seek after the voice, and the voice is going to lead you to the truth. The voice is going to lead you to, to the promises and to follow in the ways of the Lord. And so that's why uh, we need to tune our ears into uh, the voice of God. And, and we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. I, I can't see, I can't depend on my eyes to lead me to where God wants me to go because God is a voice uh, walking among us and he's talking in a still, small voice. We can't depend on our eyes. You can easily be misled and distracted and, and swayed away if you're following after your eyes. But then the voice of God is saying, hey, come over here on this side. Musicians, if you would come. One of the most popular events in the Bible is when Elijah is on Mount Carmel battling the, the prophets of Baal to see which God would answer by fire. And you know the story, the, the, the prophets of Baal do all kinds of crazy things, and, and, God, and, and God answers Elijah's prayer requests, and boom, it's all done. And, uh, and we know that uh, it was God that answered by fire. And uh, everyone there that day saw with their eyes fire fall down from heaven. Lick up the water that was in the trench, consume the, consume the, 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 the sacrifice. Uh, they didn't hear the voice of God, did they? They saw something with their eyes. They, they saw a miracle. They, they saw a manifestation of God. And, and the Bible says that all of Israel fell to the ground and they, they confessed, the, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. But, but let me ask you, how long did that confession last? 
How long did that confession last in their in their lives? How long after what they saw on Mount Carmel, how long did it take for them to go back to live in a wicked life? And yet they saw things that most people do not see. And they confessed with their mouth that the Lord is God. They didn't hear his voice, but they saw something. Even though that was uh, meant to get their attention and, and confess that he is God, yes, but uh, how, how much of an, an impact does these events have on our lives? A week or two after the event, obviously it's still so fresh in our minds and we're still moved and impacted by it. But as time passes on, that, that miraculous event can easily get covered up by all kinds of other memories and all kinds of other things in our lives. And, and so uh, things that we see with our eyes are awesome, but the impact isn't always as lasting because that experience fades away. It requires no. It required no faith. They didn't exercise any faith. Fire just came down and right before their eyes. They didn't. They they weren't praying to God. It was all Elijah. But instead, what if the people of God on Mount Carmel listened and waited for the voice of God to come down and walk among them? We don't need to see anything from you, God. We just want to hear your voice. What if, well, they, 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 they didn't want to see him, but what if they uh, wanted to hear his voice? And, and what if they took that with him and when they left Carmel and said, and go back to their homes and they're still seeking after that voice uh, because we haven't seen God yet, but we know he's real because we have heard his voice. And we hear him saying, come and walk with me and uh, I need you and uh, I need to hear your voice. And that is a, that is a lifestyle change that requires us exercise exercising our faith, that will have more of an impact on our life than just a, a one-time thing. Even the man of God, Elijah, got depressed and downtrodden after all that happened on Mount Carmel. The Bible says that Elijah sat under a juniper tree and wished that he wouldn't have died. Can you imagine a, a uh, after such an encounter, after seeing fire fall down from heaven and after slaying all the prophets of Baal and of the grove and all that you have seen with your eyes, Elijah, and, and your life really isn't all that change. Instead, you're saying, oh, I wish I could die. But an angel came to Elijah and he, he fed him and he told him to go to Mount Horeb. And so Elijah arrives at Mount Horeb, and he enters a cave. First Kings records this encounter. And he, Elijah, came thither unto a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Notice it just says the word of the Lord came to him doesn't give any kind of hints that God appeared and said, hey, Elijah, what are you doing here? All it says is that he heard the word of the Lord. He heard the voice. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. If throw down thine altars and slain thy prophets with a sword, and I, even I, am only left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And, and, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong uh, wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake either. And, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. That's all that was there, was the voice of God. Elijah didn't see God walking around, and he didn't see God face to face here. And that whole experience with God on Mount Horeb was just the voice of God walking around, speaking to Elijah in a still, small voice. And that
that's, that's all it took to encourage Elijah was to hear the voice of God. Because after this, he goes and he goes down, he goes and he finds Elisha. And they, and they both go on to do great ministries and miracles for God. And uh, uh, before Mount Horeb, uh, Elijah wanted to die. But after going, getting away and hearing the voice of God, now all of a sudden Elijah is ready to go again. Elijah didn't need the fire to fall. He didn't need to see the earthquake. He, he didn't need to see the broken rocks flying everywhere. No, uh, Elijah, all Elijah needed to calm his soul was to hear the voice of God speaking to him. I don't know what your expectations of, of God are. I don't know if you are waiting to see God miraculously show up in your life. You may think that, is, that is, that's all that you need, but uh, really all that you need is to begin to seek out that walking voice. To seek out that voice in your life. Where is his voice? Uh, I need to hear his voice. I, I need him to speak to me. And I know that my soul will be at peace. And I know that I will hear the hope that I need to get me through my situation. It's not going to come through sight. It's not going to come through these uh, many uh, awesome uh, endeavors in life. But it's going to come through the avenue of God just speaking silently. In a still, small voice. But are we tuned in to him? Are we listening for his voice? Or are we looking for some other big event to, to wake us up? You stand with me today. See, we, we show up here week after week. Service after service. Powerful moves of God and we can feel him moving around us, and we, we see God working among us, and, and we see hands that are raised, and, and we see mouths singing, and, and we see tears dripping from eyes, and all of those visual components of a, of a great service. And, and we, may, we may be moved by it, and we may be swept in all that is going on, but how does... Our Sunday experience, how long does that last? Monday comes and we might still feel a little bit of, of the after effects of the great service. What about Tuesday? Are we still excited as we were Sunday at church? What about Wednesday and Thursday? Are, are we still riding out the, the Sunday way from all that you saw and all that you experienced? And don't get me wrong, Sundays are a, a great and much needed uh, time to come and gather together. But if all we look forward to is this encounter here where we all show up and we all see things happen with our eyes and uh, uh, we don't really have to use much faith and you can not pray all week long and come into church and, and hop in the movement and, and get not and it doesn't really exercise much uh, and it costs much of us. We can just show up and plug in. But if we're doing that just from what we see, and then we leave here, go out those doors, and Monday comes, no, there's no one else to, to sing around and sing songs with. Tuesday, where's everyone at? We're, we're, we're not together, and I don't see everyone else. I'm still all alone. I'm the only one in my job that believes in, in truth and living for God, and I'm still all alone on Wednesday, and, and, and uh, that, that, that zeal and that passion that I have felt when we're all together because I see us all together as a body uh, praising God. That's great, but what about on Wednesday when you're still all alone? How much of our experience on Sunday carries over for the rest of the week? Did Jesus say that my people will follow me because what they see and what they experience on Sunday? He didn't say that. He said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. 
and they follow me. There's no indication there of a visible, visible manifestation. Jesus didn't say, my, my sheep know me because they see me. He said, my sheep know me because they know that walking voice. They've heard that voice. And they've followed that voice. And they've let that voice lead them throughout the week. And each and every day they come back and they check in, God, where are you at today? I need to hear your voice. I, I, I still haven't seen you, God, in all these years, but I, I can still seek after your voice and I can hear your voice walking among me. And so what we need today more than ever is to find and to connect with that walking voice. What we need tomorrow is to find that walking voice and to pour out our soul in his presence. And, and what I need on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, what I need for my faith and for my walk with God is to seek out that walking voice wherever he may be. He will uh, speak to me and he will manifest uh, his voice to me. That, but uh, I need to be tuned into him. I need to put aside all those things, the weights or sins, and turn out and unplug all these things and distractions that are so loud in 2021 that take away our attention span in a split second. We need to unplug from those things if we're going to try to seek after the voice of God and hear him walking among us. See, that's what we really need. We, we need to hear some hope. What we need to hear is the voice of God. And so I want to open up these altars today to those that are hungry and those that, that need to connect with God and, and, and forget about all those that are around you and, and say, God, i gotta, I got to find your voice today. I need to reconnect with you, Jesus. I need more of you in my life, God. Help me, Lord, throughout the week, God, to begin to seek you more and to begin to find you more and to hear and to listen for your voice because that is where uh, you come from. That is where my faith is charged. That is where I get the strength to endure. Come on, will you come? Will you respond? Will you answer the call of God in your life? God, here I am. God, I don't want to miss you. I don't want you to walk by me and, and pass me by, Lord, and I not know that I missed out on you, Jesus. God, I need your voice. Come on. Let's come and worship him today. Let's come and seek after him. God, help me, Lord. Put aside the distractions.